Everything is Awesome is part of Courts and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, movie, and geek podcasts. Check out some of our other shows, like TV Ate My Brain, Let's Chat with Revelant Friends, and Podstalgic at courtsandparts.com. This week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kev, and this is the show where we sit down to talk to awesome people about awesome things. And thank you for choosing to spend your time with me right now. Uh, you know, in this new age in 2018, with so many options for content, um, it means a lot that you, you're spending an hour listening to me and some of my friends just sit around and talk about what they do and whatnot and why they're awesome. And... Uh, it's, it's greatly appreciated and I hate to ask you to do more, but if you could do more, that'd be great. Uh, while you're listening to us, if you could just pop on to iTunes and leave a five star review, those reviews help us get into, uh, more, um, feeds, uh, where we're rated higher and people, more people listen to us. The more people that listen to us means that they'll, uh, have more reviews for the show and the more reviews, it's, it's a vicious cycle of more people listening to this show so that we can do um, cooler things. Of course, word of mouth recommendations also is very helpful. So if you're sitting with a friend, pop on our show while you're in the car or something so that uh, you know we can get more people hooked on the show. All that um, leads to doing cooler things like our live shows that we've done in the past, um, expanding into doing... I really enjoyed our 100th episode where we, we broke the format and we just played a game for the the hour instead of doing a talk show so uh that that all helps um the word of mouth recommendations reviews helps us do things like that i i would love to start making uh, more con appearances and doing maybe convention panels and whatnot and uh, that would be you know ways that you could help us you can also support us for a small fee on patreon.com slash that entertains that supports the entire that entertains podcast network as well as everything that's awesome uh mainly it helps cover hosting fees uh and podcasting fees and builds up a nice little um emergency fund for all the podcasters on the network in case uh, equipment breaks and whatnot, but it covers maintenance fees, it covers hosting fees, and hopefully one day it also kind of covers some expenses for all the time that all these podcasters are putting into it. So get, check it out. Uh, it's it was supposed to be done being reformatted by now, but uh, by the time you're uh, by the time you're sitting down to Easter dinner, it'll be ready for you uh, with an, all new rewards and whatnot. But you still get early access to all the That's Entertainment Podcast Network podcasts, as well as Everything is Awesome, and any other audio that we do and video that we do for uh, That's Entertainment will all be put on our Patreon for early access and stuff like that. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's been a while since we posted an episode here on our Everything is Awesome feed. Uh, it was, uh, you know, normally uh, my end-of-year blues are over by, you know, mid-January, and, and I, I, I'm back to doing things normal. And my goal for 20, uh, 2018 is to avoid those, um, the end of year blues that I get. But 
Um, January was a very stressful month. Um, we had the live show, the one day festival that we were planning and we had a sponsor who didn't really fulfill their end of the bargain when it came to promoting us, uh, which was very disappointing. And, and that on top of just the, the average normal stress that you get from putting on one of these shows, um, I just walked into it not having a good time. And um, I enjoyed every show performed well. They all probably aired their episodes already. We'll be airing ours in a couple of days here. But um, everyone, I think, knocked it out of the park. And I enjoyed sitting down as a listener. Uh, but it was as a performer and a showrunner that I felt uh, like I really dropped the ball. And uh, first and foremost, I want to thank everyone that came out to watch all the shows, whether it was Everything is Awesome or any of the shows in the lineup. I want to thank all the shows and the hosts that partook in that live event. Uh, they all knocked it out of the park. Like I said, they were all super enjoyable to sit down and listen to and, and watch them do their live show and graciously donated their time to come do it. Um, and at the same time to those, uh, hosts and performers, I do want to take a minute and say, I am sorry for dropping the ball, um, and not, um, rising to the occasion as the leader I should have been that day. Um, from what I hear, everyone, uh, thinks I'm, I'm being way too hard on myself, but, um, you know, I, you're your own best critic, as they say. So, uh, learning experience. This one was a big learning experience, even more so than the first one. Um, so, you know, and, and not just for our one day festival that we do every year, but it's a, it was a learning experience for live shows in general. Um, and also January also is really stressful because some stuff that was happening outside of everything is awesome within the that's entertainment podcast network was happening um it was the very it's it's it was really the first time something negative has happened in the podcasting community at least with me um it, for the first time since i started this show and um it was um it, it just it took a toll on me and and uh, continues to take its toll on me uh, as I have to, uh, because of course when I thought it was all settled, it, it creeped back up again in February. Um, but uh, I'm in the process of hopefully kind of um, getting that all settled as far as I'm concerned on my end, and um, you know moving past that and just continuing to hopefully embrace the the positive podcasting community like the Philadelphia Podcasting Society, Potter and Family and and Twitter. Um really 99%, 99.9% the podcasting community that I've run into is is super um welcoming and super uh you know just just kind. Um, and I was very surprised to run into, um, the situation that I ran into. I, I was not expecting it, uh, at all. And, um, it's my fault for not posting shows, uh, on time, uh, but there was a reason behind it, whether you agree with that reason or not. Um, I don't know, but, uh, 20, 2018 here is we're going to get, we're going to be posting two episodes a week until we're caught up on where we should be. Um, so I think by April 1st, we will be all caught up, uh, and on a normal weekly schedule on our Wednesdays. And hopefully in 2018, uh, my goal is to just kind of find the joy in podcasting again, stick to a weekly schedule and try not to miss anything and be prepared for weeks that I'm not going to be around. And then, uh, also for, um, uh, I also, uh, want to get through the year without having like an emotional breakdown, like I, like I typically do at the end of the year now. So, 
Um, that's I'm, I'm going to try to get through all that. And if I can get through all that, great. Uh, I'm, I'm taking a step back, I think, from live shows uh, for now uh, for several reasons. But um, uh, I'll definitely, we'll definitely be, if we can do some convention appearances, we will. We've applied to a couple conventions. And um, we'll be, uh, we'll hopefully be doing the Philadelphia Podcast Fest again this year. Uh, I've babbled on long enough, guys, and we have a really good show this week with BK Mullen. Now, uh, this show was recorded before the Super Bowl, but after the NFC Championship match, championship match, championship game. Uh, so there's obviously, you know, we all know what happened with, with uh, the Super Bowl this year. Go Birds. But this was a peek into the mindset of two fans, BK Mullen from the Pop and Dads podcast. Uh, and myself, uh, just talking football. It was something that I haven't done in a long time. There's not many people that I, I know uh, real good that watch football and enjoy it as much as I do. Um, and BK is one of them, and he enjoys it way more than I do. He's He probably looks at me the way I look at everyone else uh, because I'm not um, – I've been out of it for a couple of years with kids and whatnot. I haven't been paying attention to the entire NFL like I used to and, and barely paying attention to the Eagles. Um, but for the last uh, – since the since the Doug Peterson, era, Doug Peterson era for the last two years, uh, I've been on watch, and I've been really impressed and, and uh, was, was happy with last year's. I knew it was a rebuilding year. And uh, obviously very happy with the performance this year uh, as an Eagles fan. So uh, get into the mindset of, a, of about a month-old uh, conversation, a month-and-a-half-old conversation between two Eagles fans uh, talking about football and the Eagles specifically and, and, and what we think we have um, in store for the future. Um, and uh, make sure you check out BK Mullen. Uh, on Twitter at BKMullen underscore, I believe is his Twitter handle. We'll have all the plugs in the show notes. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at that nerdy Kev and whatnot. You can find the show on, at Real Awesome Pod, patreon.com slash that entertains. Um, I would say uh, if you want to hold off till April, uh, I would say April 1st is going to be our hard reset and we're going to. You know, that's when we're going to be caught up on everything, and that's when we are going to be um, kind of pushing out some exciting content, hopefully, on the Patreon. So, without further ado, here is my conversation with BK Mullen. I guess because you posted something about the Eagles, and obviously we're practically the same person when you look at side by side pictures. Right. Uh, I wanted to chat about the game, but I also want to uh, the game, the season, but also um, the my my buddy had like some interesting points that I don't necessarily know if I agree with. Okay, but, like it's just kind of like why he does not like the Eagles being from Philly uh, and being like a Flyers and Phillies fan and stuff like that. Right. Uh, I kind of want to get into that, but let's let's start on a I, uh, I we'll say positive note. Uh, man, how about that game against the Vikings? I, I, okay. So full disclosure, I, I had said from the beginning that if we were going to lose to anybody, I'm happy that it's the Vikings. Okay. Because I I have a real soft spot, uh, for Case Keenum, Mm uh, especially watching from watching all or nothing on Amazon and seeing his final season with the Rams and, you could just see the dejection in his face at the end of the season and all that jazz of just, 
you know, where am I going to go next? What's going to happen next? Should I give up on football? That sort of thing. Yeah. And now all of a sudden he has this amazing year. Yeah. Uh, just the best of his career, that sort of thing. All of a sudden it's clicking for him. So I was fully prepared to lose. I just was. Not because I'm a negative Eagles fan. <laughs> not because I don't like Nick Foles. But just because, you know what? It's okay. It's going to be all right. But, uh, but no, nah, that was, I, you couldn't have asked for a better game out of every single one of the Eagles players. It was just absolutely brilliant. So, so my season, like for, since I've had kids, my football watching has gone down. I used to watch, you know, pretty hardcore because I was in fantasy leagues and stuff. So I, I was, I became fans of like, you know, players on teams that weren't the Eagles and, and even other teams, obviously Eagles are always number one, but um, it's been at least six years since I've had like the opportunity to sit down and watch more than one game a season. Right. And, and even this year, like when we were out at red Robin, my son was watching a college game and he's like, Hey, is that football? I'm like, yeah, it's football dummy. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he's like, uh, Oh, can we watch that? And I was like, well, I mean, I don't, I'm not a big fan of college ball, but like tomorrow's the big, like an Eagles game. We can watch that. Yeah. And like he got through like, like the first half and he's slowly getting to the point where like, he's starting to dig it. So right. Um, I, I, this, this season's definitely the most I've watched and I'll be the first to say, I started the season off saying like, uh, the Eagles are going to be not bad, but it's going to be, it's, it's, we're still in our rebuilding years here. And I, I wrote off the first couple like games based off of not watching them, just kind of reading headlines and stuff. Like everyone was seemed to be super like on the Eagles train about, Hey, we're going to the Super Bowl. It's week three. We're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And it wasn't until I forget what game it was, but it was about halfway through the season when um, I completely forgot they were playing. I think it was a Thursday night game, but it was on Amazon. Uh, and that it was, and like I, even though my big TV was in front of me, I just because I was happened to be shopping on Amazon and the Eagles game was on, I just sat on my fourteen inch laptop watching yeah. the game, <laughs> and that's what I clicked. I was like, oh my god we're amazing <laughs> we could do this holy <laughs> yeah yeah now uh, starting off the season like you know i always like to try and be uh i like to try and be honest yeah. I, I like to try and not be the overly optimistic eagles fan yeah. it's like it's our time i'm gonna yeah. get a tattoo we're gonna be super bowl champ like that sort of shit <laughs> and so but i i had a really good feeling that okay so last year Doug Peterson's first year as a head coach and uh you know the first season for that coaching staff as a whole and then Carson Wentz in his you know his very first year so yeah we did meh right yeah exactly so going into this year okay we got LeGarrette Blunt for a one-year deal and we've got Alshon Jeffrey for a one-year deal, uh, which both of those have since changed. Or no, uh, Jeffrey has since changed. I think he's five years now. They they handed him a contract. But uh, but it was one of those things where as the offseason progressed, I was like, I'll tell you what, the way this team is shaping up, if Carson can grow 
over the off season to become better than he was last season. And if the coaches get along and everything gels and everything molds together, then we could at the very least make a wild card game. Yeah. Are we yeah. going to win that wild card game? No, I don't think so. I, I did not think that we were playoff caliber at all, except for the possibility of a wild card game. Yeah. And, and I would say like just from the few games I saw last year and just, and I mean, this is probably the one of the first off seasons I fully just gave up not paying attention because it, it just was not, you know, possible for me right. uh, with all the other things that I do. Uh, football has, has slid down, but I know it's, it's, I've always kept a, like a little bit of a, an ear to what's happening. And, uh, but not this off season, this off season, I kind of didn't pay attention. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, my thought process at the beginning of the season based just purely on like the clips that I've seen and the headlines before that Amazon prime game, yeah. uh, was the, like say about the same. I was like, all right, like guys, we're not a super bowl team, but like, yeah, I'll give you like, we could probably, you know, get in the playoffs, maybe take the division, but not not the conference right yeah and and it was one of those things too where uh i i tried to i tried to reserve myself a little bit into the mindset of no matter how how well we do whether we do make it to the playoffs or not or whatever uh as long as we do better than last year like as long as there's growth then I can absolutely believe in this team uh, to succeed. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's always like every, no, every kind of uh, regime. That's always kind of my thought process is like, all right, let's do better than last year. And it was hard during the, the Andy Reed McNabb years because they were at such a high level. It's like, well, I mean, doing better is a super bowl. We're not, we're not doing it. Right. Yeah. But, but the, you know, since that, that era, uh, has gone. It's always been like, all right, well, this year was good. Let's see what we do next year. And and it's only been, I guess, what this is the fourth year out of that fourth or fifth year out of that regime. Uh, yeah, this is this is year five. Yeah. So um, and I, I'd say like save for that little blip, you know, in that what second year, third year with Chip Kelly, um, you know, it was. I, I'm happy with like the results of what we've been doing, and especially these. I mean, under Peterson is is the ideal, I think, situation for um, any uh, football team when you're kind of what we thought was a rebuilding year. It was rebuilding year and explosion year. Yeah, breakout year, and and you know what's interesting that a lot of people have been talking about is it's a breakout year with a lot of injuries. You know, yes. no Darren Sproles. Uh, was Vinny Curry? No, Peter, yeah. uh, uh, Peters. Uh, Jason yes. Peters went down with uh, an ACL injury, I think middle of the season, maybe a little bit after the middle of the season. And then, of course, you know, three, four games between or before the end of the season, uh, Carson Wentz goes out. So a lot of our key players that were still in were – uh, you know, you got, you got Vinny Curry, um, you got, uh, uh, Kels, Kelsey, mm-hmm. um, you know, you got your offensive line guys, you got your defensive line guys, you know, Lane Johnson was back this year, uh, for the offense. And interestingly, uh, Vitae 
who had an int- a really weird year last year, but somehow proved himself to be, you know, first string on the line material and did an amazing job uh, throughout that Vikings game. It was just incredible yeah. considering he's a second year guy, you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, it's just I I feel like the depth that we have at positions isn't perfect it isn't great even but what we do have is a coaching staff that much in the same vein as bill belichick who is you know so well known for taking on players that nobody else wants and turning them into superstars basically uh Mm. you know much in the much in that same vein as we have a coaching staff that understands what they have what skills each player at whatever depth they fall has and how to use those strengths uh, to your advantage or use or at least use them to um, the best advantage that you can while still maintaining a solid game game plan. Yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah. So yeah, that that's, that's gotta be especially why, you know, everything's been working out this year. Yeah, and and especially when Wentz went down, and and I, by that point, obviously, I was on the Super Bowl train. <laughs> right. Like, not just we're going, we're we're winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, and and when he went down, I mean, I'm sure you, just like me, and every other Philadelphia fan, like suddenly, like our our hopes and dreams were crushed to to a certain. My my blood pressure went yeah. up. I'll put it that <laughs> way. Yeah. Well, and, and I've um, I don't know why I I was. Cause like I'm trying to think back now as we're sitting here talking, um, why I don't like Foles, and 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 because because <laughs> I've been talking so much trash on him for the last several weeks, and my fiance, who's not a football fan, she's like, uh, she watches the playoff games, and she's like, watching the second half of the Falcons game, watching the NFC Championship game, and um, she's we're at the, my in laws for for the champ the NFC game. And me and her mom, like her mom is a huge football fan. And we're like, we both throughout the last several weeks have been trash talking Nick Foles. And she's, she's <laughs> like, this, this guy, he's, he's playing good. And you guys are just terrible to him. And I'm trying to think yeah. back to like, what exactly it is about him that happened in the past that I wasn't a fan of. And I can't, I can't pinpoint it exactly. Well, see for me, First of all, his face is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, all the comparisons to Napoleon yeah. Dynamite are 100% true. Oh, but anyway, no. So it's it's one of those deals where I can only remember, you know, when, when he was our starting quarterback back in uh, 2013. Uh, I can only remember one good game. You know, there there was the game where uh, he put up seven touchdowns. It was right before the end of the season. Uh, we were going into the uh, into the postseason, and then of course we lost uh, in uh, in the playoffs, which is fine. It's whatever. Uh, so you know, all anybody can remember is that one seven touchdown game, and then the rest of the games that we remember, you know, his performance was pretty. Me- I don't want to say mediocre. Like it, it did okay. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't great, and then a breakout game, and then you know we lost in the playoffs. Uh, I th- 
I feel like the the main two points of our disgruntledness with him as a fan base uh the the first one being his link to chip kelly oh, okay yeah 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 he he will for nick Foles will always be known as uh the guy who could have been but chip kelly traded him for sam bradford for some god awful reason oh god that was i hated <laughs> that decision dude i listen listen I hated that decision so much, and then and it put me in such a bad on bad terms with the Eagles in general. And then in a one-two combo, a few weeks later, he trades away Lashawn McCoy. Oh yeah, and then uh, the owner of the Eagles, uh, Jeffrey Lurie, comes out and says that he fully supports this decision by Chip Kelly. Right. That was the moment that I took a time out, like a break, like a relationship break from the Eagles <laughs> for a little while. Uh, but uh, anyway, no. So. So, yeah, the, I think the main discontentment is his connection with Chip Kelly. You know, every time you think about Nick Foles, you think about Chip Kelly and that just makes you mad. Um, and then the other thing is the places that he's that he has been and the things that he has done outside of the Eagles, which is nowhere and not much. Yeah. Uh, he went to the Rams and you could easily call that a failure. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't, I don't want to call it a failure really, but you know, it was during the Jeff Fisher era, which was just horrible for the Rams. Um, he went somewhere else before going to Kansas city, but I can't remember where, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the next one being Kansas city where, you know, obviously he's back with Andy Reed. Uh, he's behind Alex Smith who Alex Smith, you know, over the past three years has just grown so much, Mm -hmm. uh, as a quarterback. And I think it's because of Andy Reed and because of Doug Peterson. So yeah, in that, that coach and quarterback room, you've got Andy Reed, who's just amazing with quarterbacks, even though he can't win championships. Mm-hmm. And you, you had Doug Peterson, a former quarterback uh, who's been with Andy Reed and, and has been a part of that system for a long time. And then you've got Alex Smith, who's bringing in, you know, his experience from before with San Francisco and that sort of thing. And then his growth. Uh, I, I think that is something that, Nick Foles as the backup was able to absorb. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even though he hasn't always been physically capable to be a starting quarterback, he's always had the mind to be a starting quarterback. And I think if you can pull one good thing about Nick Foles from being on the Rams with Jeff Fisher is Jeff Fisher is one of the best defensive coordinators to have ever been. I'm pretty sure he was a defensive coordinator at one point, but mm-hmm. his defensive defenses have always been amazing because of him, uh, even though he can't get the whole team together. So you've got, you know, some of Nick's experience with reading defenses with the help of Jeff Fisher and then becoming a better quarterback on an offensive side uh, from Reed and crew. Yeah. And then coming back with Doug Peterson, 
to a team that he feels very comfortable with, you know, and he's got weapons. He's got the run game. If he feels like he needs to go to the run game, um, you know, he's got Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar having a breakout year this year, you know, that sort of thing. So we immediately think of hate on Nick Foles because of his career so far mm-hmm, mm-hmm. without much consideration of where he is now and where it's going to lead to. And, and I, not that I, like, I still obviously would much rather have Wentz much like anyone uh, here. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. yeah no, a hundred percent. I can speak as much love about Nick Foles as I want. <laughs> I want Carson Wentz. <laughs> but the, I mean, obviously the last few weeks uh, of the regular season did not really help the confidence of Philadelphia to have Nick Foles be in charge. And the first half of that Falcons game, uh, while I, I don't think it was solely on the shoulders of Nick uh, Foles, it's still there was very little confidence. And then the second half of that game, you know, it's it's all kind of turned around. And um, I, and I think he said this after they won the NFC Championship, like he just, you know, or maybe it wasn't him, maybe it was in the announcers, but like he just needed time to to gel. He just needed to because he's unlike Wentz, who has during the regular season practices has taken, you know, every snap and, and, and has practiced with the first stringers. Yeah. Balls hasn't. Yeah. And I mean, let, if you really look at, um, even the regular season games that he did play, gosh, I don't, I don't even remember what teams did we play with, uh, oh. those last couple of games. Dallas but, uh, giant was it giants. I know Dallas was like our, our final game of the season. Yeah, and we lost that one. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. But you know, my overall take from his, you know, the, his first couple of games, which were the, our last four games of the regular season, uh, going up against teams that are not very good, um, on the whole. Plus, it's towards the end of the season, so everybody's tired. Uh, each of these teams has suffered a couple injuries, and for him. You know, you're right. He he wasn't taking first string snaps basically mm-hmm. all year. Um, so his ability to go from just the second string guy who's not really taking any snaps to uh, between then, you know, between that between his first game of the regular season as the starter and the Falcons, yeah. You know, he had that time to grow and to get into the groove and all that jazz, but there wasn't a whole lot to work with as far as the teams that they were going up against, Mm -hmm. Uh, except for obviously the last one, the Cowboys. So, so what I, uh, that whole dynamic in my mind is, you know, he's taking the first string snaps, he's getting back into the leadership role. Which is another part of the uh, another part of the whole deal, yeah. you know, the team's acceptance of him as their leader now that Carson is down, yeah, right. That plays a big part. But uh, so, so yeah, you know, he starts getting back into the first string role. They have a couple of games against some not so good teams at this point in the season, and we win, uh, which feels amazing. But e- even he knows, and we know that he's not playoff material let's say yet anyway yeah, he did not look like it at that point right so but but the thing that i have pointed out since he started 
or since he started, you know, however many weeks ago, is that the best Nick Foles that we have seen is Nick Foles under a shit ton of pressure. That's true. Like big pressure situations and especially big pressure games as a whole is where he seems to do the best. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't really have any numbers to back that up or anything like that. It's just from, you know, my experience of watching him. Yeah. But I mean, the first half of the Falcons game, you know, I, I can't even remember what the score was at halftime, but it was obvious that the Falcons were not doing as well as they thought they were going to do. And the Eagles were about standard of what we thought they were going to do. Yeah. Uh, so it was that weird, okay, who's going to change what at halftime to make this different? And obviously the person that, that stepped up on that was Nick Foles. Yeah, and and that second half of that game, like it was while I still was like not by the end of it, not very confident in, in Nick Foles. Um I I was I, I admitted that, okay, well, if he can play like that for the whole game, we may have a shot. And I still, you know, Sunday night uh, or Saturday night when we beat the Falcons up until probably, uh, you know, about Wednesday or Thursday before the NFC championship game, I was slowly talking myself into the fact that we were going to win. Like it started off as like, eh, you know, even if we went beat the Falcons, I don't think we're going to be able to take the Vikings or, or uh, St. Louis or not St. Louis, um, uh, New Orleans. Uh, and you know, you know, debating who I wanted to go against. And ultimately it came down to, well, I'd rather go against a quarterback. Who's not drew Brees. Um, (laughs) so (laughs) I'll tell you what, that was my thing too, was I, you know, the, the Minnesota miracle as everybody is calling it was Mm. in fact a miracle. Uh, if we, if we had to go up against drew Brees and the saints, Something that I that I kept in mind mm-hmm. was that Drew Brees and the Saints uh, and other Saints players, the more senior Saints players, have playoff experience. Uh, mm-hmm. Almost, I would say, to be fair, almost all of the Vikings first string players have no playoff experience whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, you know, give or take a couple of people. So... I really judged it, you know, to a certain extent on skill, but also on Nick Foles has playoff experience. Most of our offensive line has playoff experience. Um, You know, that sort of thing. Uh, The coaches all have playoff experience. So the pressure is on who is going to be able to perform through four quarters without losing their mind you know yeah and and going into by the time i talked myself into it and and even like in between us beating the falcons and finding out who we were playing my mindset was like all right well even if we're going against a a better defense in the vikings like i feel i feel like we can still have a possibility of our defense holding back um their offense and and us being able to just outscore them enough in the beginning to to get to that point where it starts to crumble for the, the, the inexperienced team. Right. Uh, versus having to go against the saints where not, not even like thinking about all the experience that didn't even enter my mind. Uh, it's just that, that there was no way it, if our defense couldn't hold 
Breeze back and yeah. and stop him from just throwing that ball across the field and owning that field. We were done. We, you know, it, I think one of the important things that, and obviously for the Vikings, it ended up not being that that crucial. But scoring early and scoring touchdowns early is is what I felt we needed to do in order to to win the NFC game. And obviously. Uh, we didn't, we, we didn't need that. We had, we just, everyone that what's beautiful about that Vikings game is that everyone seemed to just step it up. Like they, they, they just seemed to see like, all right, we, we turned it around in the second half of that Falcons game. Let's play like that. And they played like that the whole game. And yeah. It was it was the Eagles of, of pretty much the rest of the season, just with Foles instead of Wentz. Yeah. And What's interesting, so I, I actually have some stats up right now for that game because uh, there was something I was thinking of as far as that game was concerned that I wanted to talk about, which was, uh, you know, everybody was talking about Carson Wentz and the third down efficiency, right? Yeah. Now, I am not going to put down Carson Wentz whatsoever, but I think we can all agree at this point, especially looking at the stat of during the Vikings game on third down, we were 10 for 14, which is amazing. That's, yeah, uh, that's real good. By any stretch of the imagination, especially in the playoffs. Um, yeah. it It's more about the offensive line, the wide receivers being able to open up your routes, that sort of thing. So, yeah, no, nah, it's just, gosh. And and it's it's you know it's breathtaking it's, to keep yeah. thinking back to the look. I, I'll there was a point where there was like thirty seconds left in the fourth quarter, and I was sitting there on the couch sweating, nervous <laughs> that somehow Case Keenum is going to throw a touchdown and it's going to be worth thirty two points, and we're fucked. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, 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 I, there actually was I would say in. It was probably about halfway through the third quarter where I was like, okay, there's unless the Eagles really screw up, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're we're halfway through the third quarter here, you know. So so any kind of like sense of, uh, you know, you know, the Vikings figuring us out after the half, us losing our cool after the half, that seems to be gone. So unless something really bad happens or maybe like a, a turnover could have really, if, if the Vikings capitalized on a turnover, maybe that would have changed the tide of the game. Right. But by, by the seven and a half minute mark of that, um, of that third quarter, I was like, all right, there's, I don't, I wasn't expecting you know, the blowout that we had, but I was like, we, we got this in the bag. Like, there, I, you know, we need to get one more. We need to get one more touchdown. And I'm confident that we got this game. And I, I think they ended up getting, uh, I think they ended up getting at that point, like maybe a field goal and one more or something like that. Um, enough to where I was like, there's, there's no way the Vikings are. Catching yeah, they're, not, they're not coming back to this. And, and yeah, and it just, the way that we were able to win against the Vikings, no matter what you you know consider as far as stats and that sort of thing, uh, you know, it makes me so much more confident for the Super Bowl. It really does. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't. I me before um, during the the uh, divisional round. Um, yeah, divisional round playoffs. I I. Because I am a uh, Steelers fan, I, I back that up by the fact that they are in a separate uh, conference. <laughs> but, 
but they, obviously it's Eagles first. Hey, <laughs> but here's my rule of thumb when it comes to to uh, sports: is you can't root, you can't be a fan of a team that's in your division. So, like NFC East, no. I can't be a fan of anyone in the <laughs> NFC East, but the Eagles. So that leaves the AFC wide open. And if, you know, my, honestly, I, I would love, like, I would love a Pennsylvania Super Bowl. That would have been like a dream. Oh, come a Pennsylvania true. Bowl would have just melted the state. It just would have been, yes. it would have been known as Pennsylvania Lake from that point on. It's become one of the great <laughs> yeah. lakes. Everything just would have fucking disintegrated. Yeah, but you know when when I realized before our our NFC game that the Pats won and uh, that was like if we won that's who we had to go against. I was like, well, if we somehow pull it out, I mean, it was a good run. Like, well, at least we're going to go to the Super Bowl. But you're right. Like after seeing how much that team gelled together, yeah, um, it, it's they didn't miss a beat from that second, and in fact, they improved. Yeah from the second half of that Falcons game. And, and I don't want to say flawless, but they were pretty damn close to flawless during that Vikings yeah. game. And um, I, I, it, there's something in the air. And, and I, before we kind of move on to the other thing I wanted to talk yep. about, we, we can kind of touch on the Super Bowl here, but there's something in the air, I think where like, I know it feels like this is our third chance at a Super Bowl. Um, we're considered the underdogs. And and it's against the Pats. Yeah. Like it just those those things seem like it's just our time, no matter what, no matter if it's Wentz or Foles, to win to win the Super Bowl. Like how perfect is that the these scenarios that we're considered the underdog, number one team in the NFL, considered the the underdog. Yeah. Uh we uh we, it's our third time going in, you know, however many years, it's fifty two yeah. years. And and it's a rematch from what fourteen years ago? Uh, two thousand four. Uh, yeah. So so yeah, two thousand four. So about fourteen yeah. years ago, and um, so it's it's a perfect storm, I think, for us to walk away with with the the trophy. Yeah, and I there there's something to be said for the attitude of a team, and and this is something that I touched on in the in the thing that I did the other day talking about it was that, you know, all the teams that you hear, you know, the behind the scenes stuff of and that sort of thing, you know, they all sort of have a motto, a mentality, that sort of thing. Uh, All of the teams that we have faced so far anyway, the mentality has been work hard, work hard, work hard, do your job, work harder, go get it, Mm -hmm. get after it be aggressive, that sort of thing. And for the Eagles, it's been, we're a family. Let's take care of each other. Let's do the best that we can. Give these guys a a run for their money. And let's just have fun, you know, and and without, without anybody saying, Hey, you know, they're just out there having fun and working hard. It's their, focusing on having fun and enjoying the, you know, what they have as far as the ability to play this game at a professional level that they love, you know, the, the focus is doing what they love first and following behind that is the natural, the very natural reaction to work hard at what you love doing. So yes, this is yes. a very natural team 
uh, as far as you don't need to ask them to work hard. You just need to ask them to do what they love. And that's what they're doing over and over and over again. And that's why we're winning. Yeah, it, it is. It, it's, I don't know. It's just, it, it's a very magical feeling. It's something different that, and maybe it's because it's only for me, uh, the second time that we've been to the Super Bowl since I've been alive. Yeah. Um, same here. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's, it's, it's not like even like 14 years ago, I don't remember having the feeling of we're going to definitely win this. Like, it feels like it's our time. I, I, yeah. I probably said it because, you know, I, in my twenties, I'm a typical Eagles fan and it's, you know, we're, <laughs> we're going to win, but it's, it's as, as someone in my thirties now in my early thirties, like I, it just feels something feels real special. And, um, I, while I'm really, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be realistic and say, obviously there's you know, a 50, 50 shot that we're, you know, we're going to win or lose this game. Uh, right. it, it, it feels, it doesn't feel that way. It feels like a hundred percent. We're going to win this game. And, and, and I, had you said, uh, three, four weeks ago, Hey, you're going to the super bowl with your backup quarterback. <laughs> Do you think you're going to win? I would have said, no, first of all, if I could go back in time and talk to myself a month ago, and tell him he would past me would not believe what's happening right now in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, it's just absolutely craziness. But you know, I think uh, I think this is the best Eagles team that we have seen. Uh, not e- not even since you know the second Super Bowl that we went to, but even since the first one that we went to. Yeah, uh, I I get the overwhelming sense and I have the overwhelming feeling myself that this is the best iteration of the Philadelphia Eagles ever. Yeah. Uh, And even if we don't win against the Patriots, you know what? It's been an absolutely fantastic year and a a wonderful turnaround from what we were. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just gives me so much hope for where we're going next. And and it feels like, and I, I said this before when Scott hurt, but I still believe it. It's, it's, it feels like that we're, we could be on the the cusp of building a dynasty team. Like we've had, absolutely, we've yeah. had the Cowboys, we've had the Patriots, the Steelers. You know, in like modern history, like basically that's all I've known as like your your big teams that have won multiple championships since you know, you yeah. know the nineties on. It feels like it. You know, and and even if we lose this game, I still feel feel like I'll feel the same way. Mainly because, like, and I won't. I mean, if we lose the game, we lose the game because you know it's it's on it's on those players not playing well because they've proved yeah. to me, even with Nick Foles, that they, I think they're they're they proved that they're a Super Bowl team. <laughs> yeah, and, absolutely. And so, even if we lose this game, I think we can still say we're on the cusp of building a dynasty because we have Wentz, who who is going to be you know he's based off him how i saw him walking around during the vikings game like he's he's going to be fine he's going to come yeah. back and he's going to be the same quarterback he was this year and I, and I think i really do think that win or lose this super bowl that the next 10 to 15 years uh we have a couple championships in our future oh absolutely yeah the, the main thing about you know, recovery from injury for any player is the mentality that you take to it. Uh, you know, if you try to rush it, you're not going to come back nearly as healthy as you were before. And, you know, time and time again, Carson Wentz has proved his, uh, you know, 
I mean, it's weird to say about a young guy, but he has proved his wisdom mm-hmm. as far as the game is concerned and his work ethic is concerned and that sort of thing. Uh, so yeah, I, if he doesn't come back, even if he doesn't come back as well as he was before, he's still going to be better than, I, you know, 22, 23, 24 of the 32 starting quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. Uh, and still gives us a great chance, you know, as an offensive unit. Uh, you know, I really hope that we can keep this particular offensive unit together. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the main thing for me, you know, if we lose this game, right, we're still the NFC champions. Yeah. Uh, we have a number of young players who are breaking out and who are intelligent as well as a mix of veteran players who still have a number of years to go. Uh, Injuries or not, they still have a while yet before, you know, they consider either, you know, moving or, or leaving the league or anything like that. Uh, And here we have, you know, this uh, coaching staff, who in its second year has taken us to a Super Bowl? I mean, yeah, yeah it's absolutely and, fantastic. And I, I, it's I don't talk, I don't get to talk about the coaching staff very often. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's so much credit. I think is obviously given to the players in the field, but obviously the last you know month and a half has proven that like it's the coaching staff. And you mentioned earlier, it's they've done an incredible job with the with a shitty circumstance uh, and, yeah. and with, with a, their backup quarterback, like I feel like it's really unheard of to, to go to the Super Bowl with your backup and, and feel a sense that you're going to win it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very strange. And, and that, that may be why we're all feeling not so good about it. Aside from the fact that, you know, it's Tom Brady and the Patriots and yeah, you know they're uh, what was it? <laughs> they're three and zero in Super Bowls where they wear white jerseys. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> and we're uh, you know the last time that we played a Super Bowl in two thousand four was against Tom Brady and the Patriots, where they wore white jerseys, uh, and we wore our greens. Um, you know, I gotta be honest. Gotta be honest here. Uh, I wish we were. I wish we were wearing black. I wish we yeah. I wish we went black after the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. I, I agree. But you know, I I don't um, I don't know. I I have a hard time really kind of believing in those sort of superstitions. And and obviously, yeah. I mean, I guess there's I guess there's something to it because there are stats that back it up. You know, like just like the Vikings. You know, uh, the stat said that they were going to lose. You know, the zero and twelve yeah. of teams who are in the NFC Championship playing. Uh, not in a dome have lost, and and yeah. they proved this, this, this the the stat right, and 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 I would say that's more of a stat than a superstition. I think the jersey color is more of a superstition. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, that's and, that's definitely a superstition that just so happens to be backed up by statistics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because because you know what, if if I would say if we were talking, uh, you know, 
in, in, and even if we were somehow in a year in, in 2018, 14 years had passed and we still had McNabb playing at a super level quality, I would say that would affect McNabb and the team that he had, right. uh, save for maybe a couple of players, because that just seemed like it just seemed like it would affect them. Yeah. But the team we have now, I don't I don't think like they literally take the underdog and, and make it their own. And, and they, they, they are proud to be the underdog. I think they're proud to say, Oh, you think you're going to win the super bowl because you're wearing a white Jersey. Let's show you something. Yeah. Exactly. Let's show you what yeah. green can do. Uh, you know, you know, it's like we were talking about before with just the, the overwhelmingly positive attitude of the team. Uh, you know, it's, it's as if, it's one of those things where they believe in themselves so much that you can call them whatever you want, whether the number one seed, number two, number three, uh, underdogs and not, no matter what the matchup is, uh, they have the utmost confidence in each other. And uh, yes. that's what counts the most, you know. So uh, final question uh, about uh, this team before we get to the other, the other topic. Yeah. What do you think – what happens to – Nick Foles here. Um, I guess even even win or lose the Super Bowl, uh, he has another year on his contract. But do they do they trade him? Do they keep him? Does he want to stay? Does he want to go? No, they keep him. They keep him, and he wants to stay. Uh, and it's and it's not just for the fact that he has been able to elevate himself, you know, through these, uh, you know, through these couple of games and and in the playoffs and whatnot. He has the one year left and, you know, obviously Doug Peterson and, and just the offense as a whole, uh, they love him. They believe in him. He's, you know, he's as much a, a part of how the team operates as Carson is. Uh, mm-hmm. And the other thing is Carson has spent this entire successful season uh, with Nick Foles, you know, I don't, I don't want to say at his elbow that, but that's basically what it is. You know, Nick Foles at his elbow on the sidelines, going through plays with him and stuff like that. You know, uh, every morning at five o'clock in the morning, you know, people start rolling in to, uh, to, you know, to Lincoln financial or whatever it is that they have their team meetings and stuff like that. And they see, you know, for the first couple of weeks is like, Oh, Hey, look, there's Carson. Uh, he's already here. He's already been here for a half an hour watching tape for the next game. And that was in, that was just in his first year as a rookie. And now this year, uh, from the moment Nick Foles was back in the building, he was right there with him. You know, this is, you know, I've, I've said it a thousand times already and I'm going to say it again. This is a family team and they believe in each other. They support each other. And yeah, it's a business. And they understand that too, but they have the option to keep him for at least another year. You keep him for another year. And and if I'm Nick Foles, I even beyond that year, like I explore the idea of sticking around because while you might, I, I feel like he needs a team around him to be successful. Absolutely. So like if he goes elsewhere as a starting quarterback, maybe he'll make more money, but Will he have a chance to earn another Super Bowl? I I don't think right. so. Like I think, I think this is a good fit for him, um, and it sucks that you're not the starter. But at least like a, 
you're part of this legacy. You're part of this year's legacy. You're part of the this dynasty yeah, now, absolutely. of because you you took control and got like. I would rather sit on the sidelines of a team that I, I that's that's has a very good shot of winning the Super Bowl, than go to a team that you know is not going to have a shot, right. and you know, and then maybe I get to play a couple games. You know, if if the the guy gets uh, the starter gets injured, if if Wentz goes down, and knowing that if Wentz goes down, I am very capable of getting us to the Super Bowl because I've done it once already. Yeah, I I know that I have the confidence in myself to handle the pressure. Uh, you know, I I have been through, except for snaps, I've been through all the rotations and everything like that. That our starter has been through that sort of thing. Yeah. All right. So uh, obviously, birds are winning uh, the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, at, at at least by ten points. I uh, see. I feel like it's going to be very similar to to the 04, uh Super Bowl, where it's going to be a close game. Um, though I will agree that maybe it will be a close game like that, uh, but we score. Like you know, it'll be twenty four twenty one, and we score that touchdown uh, at the very end to to put us over. Yeah, we'll see. You know, I I think they're going to be just running and gunning throughout the first half, tire out that defense. Yeah, that's key. Too. Uh, you know, and our defense is dependable, a hundred percent dependable through all four quarters. Yeah, yeah. The Patriots' defense is not. They are good for one, two, half of the third quarter if they're going up against a really good offense like we have. So I think we are going to score, score, score in the first half, and then our defense will take care of the rest in the second. Yeah, I, I, it's, I don't know. It's all, it's all exciting, and and and, yeah, and we're going to win. <laughs> I, I, it's, it just, it's in the air. So I, um, I had an interesting, you know, uh, feed on my, um, uh, on Facebook. Uh, after we won the championship and most of it was obviously very pro birds, but I had, I had one friend who, uh, and he didn't necessarily trash talk the birds. He just, he, uh, mentioned, you know, Oh, uh, people, my, my feed, uh, people saying something about, you know, scumbag Eagles fans, uh, and how they're not, (laughs) and how they're not scumbag (laughs) Eagles fans. Then they proceed to do scumbaggy things. And (laughs) so, and then I go into the comments to see what, like, you know, it was like probably over a hundred comments deep of like people going back and forth with him and the, he's not an Eagles fan and, and I respect it. I, I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with it. And I don't think you will either because we just sat here for over 40 minutes, 45 minutes, uh, basically blowing the Eagles. He's not a fan, but he, like he refuses to support the Eagles because of them signing Michael Vick. And that's and I and I get it and I yeah. and, and, and I I didn't I never agreed with that signing, but there's two mindsets here, and that's that he thinks that no matter what he did, no matter what time he's paid, he's still you know not he's not a good person, and no team should have given him a second chance. While other people right. and I and I fall more in this this way uh, of it is that. You know, he, yes, I don't like the man. I don't like Michael Vick. I think he's a despicable human being, but he did pay his time. And while right. I rather have the Eagles not signed Michael Vick, despite how we know it played out, uh, they did. And yeah, I don't, I, and especially now, and, and his point is that there's still one linchpin tied to the organization that brought him 
on board and signed paychecks. And that's the owner of the team. And his mindset is I'll cheer the Eagles when he's no longer the, uh, the owner. Um, what are you, what is your thought on, on, on that, uh, that kind of thought process? Well, you know, it's, it's hard because, you know, you, you sort of call it, you have to call it from a moral perspective Mm -hmm. and, Everybody's moral perspective is going to be different. Uh, do I think we should have signed Michael Vick? No. Uh, it was eventual that somebody was going to, and we just so happened to be in the position that, you know, we needed somebody. He was available. So we made, you know, in that sense, he was not a talent decision as much as he was a business decision. Yes. And, uh, you know, for me personally, I do think that Michael Vick is a shitty human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even if you do shitty things and then make up for it, that, you know, everybody changes and I get that, but you do still have to own the fact that you did this shitty thing, yes. you know, in the past. And, and he has done a lot to make up for, for what he did and that sort of thing. I get it. Um, but even if, if someone but, does something to redeem themselves, you still don't have to like them as a person. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's a, it's a really tough thing that, that owners go through and that coaches go through and that fans especially go through, where it's uh you know can you separate the player on the field from the player not on the field yeah, yeah. uh and that was one of those cases not and but uh, i i guess what i'm trying to say is i i am able to discern between michael vick the asshole and michael vick the player yes yeah. and for me that I'm able to do that because I take into consideration a lot of other guys who still have jobs yeah, and they are accused rapists, uh, you know, accused beating of other people, especially women. Um, you know, I, I don't mind people who use drugs. I don't care about that. You know, I don't care about performance enhancing drugs or if you smoke weed or whatever, but I mean, if you're doing meth, if you're doing heroin, if you have a couple of drug charges on some really hard shit, uh, you know, that is not the kind of guy that I want in a locker room with my team. Yeah. Uh, that sort of thing. So it, it's almost a case by case basis. And I can understand where the fury lies with the Eagles uh, or for Jeffrey Lurie, you know, being willing to bring him on. I, I, for me personally, it's one of those things where, you know, where does that go on the measuring stick of all the other horrible people that have yeah. had or do have jobs in the NFL? And, and for me, it's like, even with Jeff Laurie being still here, like, and, and I mean, I watched games, I watched games that Vic played because at the right. end of the day, I, I'm thinking the same boat as you. It's like, I was able to say, listen, like, I don't have to like this guy as a person, but he's a good player and he's, and, and unfortunately I, we signed him and if we're going to sign him, we're going to use him. And right. he's, and, and he's doing his job. And I, I do believe that you, no matter, maybe there, maybe there is a line and I don't know what it is yet, but, uh, but in this scenario where, where, what he did, like he deserves a second shot. Now 
I don't personally think he deserves a second shot at making millions of dollars. I don't think, I I don't think he should have been allowed back into the NFL. I think that he had easily could have gotten a second shot doing anything else with his life. uh, Even if if it was in the entertainment business, unfortunately the NFL did let him back in and the Eagles were the ones that took the business decision of, of, uh, of, of bringing him on. And yeah, and it's, it's shitty, but Right now, I look at the 2018 team, and yes, Jeff Laurie is still there, and he's the owner, and he signed off on it. But how I don't know necessarily think that condemns the whole organization. You again, you can you can look at this guy and say you signed his paycheck, and I do not respect you as a person. But right. I, I, for me, and, and and I, for that's me. I my friend who who feels this way, I'm I'm a hundred percent like, hey man, that's your opinion, and. And you're entitled to it. And, you know, right. I hope one day you can sit down and watch an Eagles game and cheer for them because, you know, you, you did at one point. Yeah. Uh, I just don't happen to share the same view. And and I don't think I think that what what the, the contention I saw in those comments were like, you know, I don't know if he was saying this because I, I didn't really read it clearly. But I don't think I also don't think me supporting the Eagles now in 2018 or even supporting them when Vic was part of the team. I don't think that makes me a scummy person because no. I fully acknowledge that. And if that's like the 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 what my friend was in, insinuating, which I, I wasn't able to discern reading the comments, then um, <laughs> then then I don't agree with that. I don't you know, again, that's your opinion, but I don't agree that. And I don't think you should think that I'm a scummy person because I like the Eagles who at one point in the past had a shitty person on their team. And I'm sure they've had many, many shitty people on their team. This, this one just gets you the wrong way because, you know, and I, I'm a dog person too, but you know, you're a dog person and I get that it rubs you the wrong way. Someone right. brought up, and, and I, I don't know enough about the hot hockey or flyers to, to know, <laughs> to know uh, I, I like watching it, but I literally know I, I, I that's all I, I know that they go back and forth and I, they, they score, I cheer. Uh, (laughs) But I guess like in the seventies, there was a player, I don't know if he was convicted, but he was a rapist. And, and, and this, this guy is a flyers fan uh, and he doesn't condemn them. And, and one of the things he said was like, well, I wasn't alive for that. Maybe, I don't know if anyone's still involved with the organization that was around in the seventies. So maybe there's factors that he can argue to, to get into it. But to me, like that's worse. Like if you, yeah, if you're like, raping somebody, I mean, I mean, if he if he's not going to be a fan of the of the Eagles because Jeff Lurie is still here and he signed off on a guy who you know went to did some jail time for uh, for being abusive to dogs, uh, who is he a fan of now? You know what what team does he associate with now or whenever and why would he dismiss anything on that end? Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's, it's one of those things again, you know, it, it's a moral perspective yeah. deal. And uh, so it's, it's hard to navigate, you know? Yeah, it is. It is. And, and it is a touchy, I, don't, I mean, it's not really even a touchy subject. Like, I mean, he, it, it's, he's a bad dude. Like Vic's not a, like, yeah. he's not a good dude, but yeah, you're right. It, it all kind of has the moral scale, which is interesting. Cause I was just listening to, tell him steve dave the other day and yeah. and walt was wanted wanted the government <laughs> to teach morality uh in public <laughs> schools and like and, I, and that's, that's the thing like how do you who like 
whose morale are you teaching? Because like my morality is obviously very different than my buddies because I would say that the rapist, the person who raped a person, whether it's, you know, obviously if it's a kid, it's more heinous, but the person like raped a, a, a grown woman that I, to me, that's worse than, than what Vic did to a dog. Not that it's good. Like they're both right, shitty yeah. people. I just think it's worse to rape somebody than it is to, to drown a dog. Yeah. It's like I said, it's, you know, how does it mark up on the measuring stick of yeah. nasty shit that people have done in, uh, in American sports? Yeah. yeah it, it, it's, it's, and it's, I think it's, and maybe if it's a better conversation to have with somebody probably with my friend to be honest like because you and i love the eagles and you you know we don't we're not liking letting that so like it's it was a very one-sided conversation but i think it is an interesting debate to to have somebody that maybe feels that way because it it is a, a, a tricky slope and i and i can respect someone that that chooses to not support the team until every last bit of what's what supported that or what signed that is gone i just i think what i have a disagreement is like if you're sitting and again, I'm not accusing my friend of saying this cause I don't know if he did, but like right. if he's sitting there calling Eagles fans scummy because they support the team, cause that still has connections to Vic. That I think is, is something that is completely separate than your own morality <laughs> saying that I'm not going to yeah. support. There, there, there's a deeper issue going on there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, BK, thanks for uh, thanks for doing this, and thanks for being like the guinea pig of uh, me recording in the middle of the day on my yeah, lunch. Yeah, no break. problem, dude. Anytime, just uh, give me a call and we'll set something up, man. Yeah, uh, and I I think we're gonna we're gonna be bringing you on for uh, the next round of the Dark Knight Dark Knights of the Roundtable. I think we're gonna uh, jump away from DC Comics uh, and go to Star Wars. It'll be uh, the uh, the Dark Jedi Knights. Oh yeah, there you go. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so before I let you go, though, uh, go ahead and give your plugs out for people. Uh yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you're down for listening to podcasts, which I hope that you are, you can find me on iTunes, uh, Earth versus Ben, and uh, the Poppin' Bottles Dadcast. If you like parenting stuff, we're actually about to do an episode of. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're actually about to start a sort of playoffs of our own uh, with uh, sitcom dad's fight club. Uh, we're we're going we're gonna, to, we're going to start with eight dads from popular sitcoms over the years. And, uh, and then we're going to whittle it down to four and then we're going to whittle it down to a final two. And then, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have a poll for what the, uh, who the ultimate champion of sitcom dads is. But uh, so, yeah, that's coming soon on there. And that's then if amazing. if you like to read, I blog at Earth Ben.com and Life of Dad dot com. Uh, very cool. Very cool. Uh, BK, always a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, we'll have you on again, as always. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, man. All right, thank you to BK Mullen once again for being on the show and talking birds with me. Uh, what an exciting year for if you're a Philadelphia fan and and all sports, but especially football. Uh, what a special, special time. I still get goosebumps thinking about that game. It was, um, you know, just the NFC East game and, and in general is, was a good game, but that's super. And we're going to talk Super Bowl uh, in a couple weeks here, um, uh, hopefully with my buddy uh, Dan Kurtz. He was an old co-host in the Muff Squad. So hopefully I get to sit down with him and we're going to chat about the Super Bowl a bit. But uh, anyway, uh, that was my conversation with BK Mullen. Make sure you check out 
uh, all his stuff that he does. Pop and uh, Dad's Bottle Cast. God damn, I, I'm tripping. I, I'm so tired right now. So I apologize uh, for, for stumbling over that plug. Uh, but check out his podcast. Check out his blogs. All the notes, uh, all the plugs are in the show notes. Um, I can't even speak. I'm so tired. It's 3.48 in the afternoon. I'm so, so tired. Unbelievable. Anyway, uh, we're going to end this train wreck before before I, I, I stumble over more words. Check us out on awesomepodcast.com. Make sure you should follow us on Twitter at RealAwesomePod. Facebook.com slash RealAwesomePod is where we make most of our major announcements. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at ThatNerdyCav. That is where I do most of my tweeting and whatnot. So we hope to see you on the other side. We are part of the Core Temp Arts Podcast Network. And we'll be back next uh, in a couple of days with our two-year anniversary special live from Tattoo Moms at the second annual Everything is Awesome Let's F Cancer Podiversary Festival. Man, that's a mouthful, huh? Uh, we'll see you on the other side right here on awesomepodcast.com. Thank you for listening to the Cortem Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Cortem Parts shows, visit cortemparts.com.